you know, I like to talk, you know, uh, my <laughs> colleagues would be able to tell you that, right? I can talk the hind leg of a donkey and I, I enjoy that. Hello and welcome to The Low Season, a podcast about tour guides navigating a pandemic. I'm Wouter Bernhardt, a tour guide in Berlin, and for this episode I had a conversation with Michael Dempsey, who's been a tour guide since 2009. The 10 years of, of guiding in Berlin were the best years of my professional life. Michael has lived many lives. He initially studied politics and physical theater in London, tried to find guidance as a Carthusian monk, served in the British Army, worked as a night porter in a hotel, and eventually made his way to Germany to work as an English teacher. Although Michael is still very much involved with tourism in Germany, he does not currently live in Berlin. We're no longer living in a big metropolis. We're, we're instead living in a small mountain town. So without further ado, let's give Michael a call. Hello? Hello. This Hello is there. Michael. This is Michael. Hello. Can you see me okay? Oh, I, I, I was just going for an audio chat. Oh, very good. So let me get this off. It's good video. to see you, though. Yeah, yeah, cool. So, uh, an audio <laughs> check. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I don't know why. It's just something that I, I feel it sort of focuses you more in some ways. Or it gives you just another another kind of a chat. I'm much more comfortable with an audio chat. So that's, Most people uh, are. Yeah, Most people cool. are. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, thank you for the call. And so what's, what's this... Um, What's this all about, Wouter? I mean, and have I pronounced your name correctly? My name is Wouter. I beg your pardon, Wouter. So, yeah. So, um, this is for a podcast, I think, that you're... Yeah, so, so I'm, um, I'm like, I, I've definitely seen you on the streets before, maybe even chatted to you before. Yeah, um, that's for sure. And um, along the, the, the side of being a tour guide, I've always made podcasts. Uh, most mm. notably, my Berlinology podcast, which I've been creating since uh, 2015. Um, uh-huh. So I've always been interested in making podcasts and doing that and seeing a career mm. for myself somewhere in the future. Um, right. As there is no tour guide work anymore, I figured <laughs> um, I'd make a show, you know? What a good idea. And to be, oh, yeah. to be perfectly honest... Um, I wasn't really like I, I like I, I've been telling this to people already a little bit, saying, "I wish I recorded three weeks ago." You know, I wish I recorded a little bit earlier, but I just wasn't in the headspace to do it. Like seeing sort of all the tour work disappear, trying to figure out what your life is going to be like in the next couple of months, staying indoors, figuring out quarantine, all these kind of things. Wonderful if you're really on top of it, but I, I wasn't in the headspace to really do it. Um, I figured. Now I am like I'm a bit more sane and, <laughs> and stable, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, adjusted. Yeah, adjusted, yeah. absolutely. And mm. I figured maybe most people are. I think maybe mm. most people were sort of panicky in the beginning. Um, we can talk about that a little bit more. But, but I, I, sure. I, I contacted quite a few people now already. I got maybe twenty-five, thirty people conversations lined up in the next okay. few days. Uh-huh. So really, like talking to a lot of people, trying to document. This moment, this mm. particular moment, as it is freshest in our minds, um, yeah. and at the same time, I don't know, creating some some sort of um, community of voices and experiences from all kind of different people who are basically in the same boat, but are maybe coping with it in a different way. I'll certainly be listening to to the others because it will be interesting to hear how 
my colleagues are doing, uh, such as indeed yourself. And and yeah, I think it's a great initiative to be to be getting on with. So yeah, nice to be a part of it. Yeah. Well, how how, how are you doing? How how are you? I'm pretty well. I've got a bit of a cough. It's improved today, but I've had this cough now for um, more than three weeks. So I think it's um, really just a proper and really annoying cough rather than coronavirus or some kind of um, sort of limited symptom uh, of coronavirus. I have no fever. I have no, no other symptoms. It's just a really annoying stubborn cough and um so yeah i'm drinking incredible amounts of um fruit tea with honey it is extraordinary and <laughs> um getting through it so if i just start coughing at some point uh i have a i have a thermos of fruit tea with me and i'll be able to yeah um deal with that i hope you've got a dog no that's actually a next door neighbor's dog uh sorry about that but uh yeah but, but beyond that, um, on a personal level, I'm really enjoying uh, the time, um, whilst recognising that this is, a, at the very least, a disaster for some families. I think also, when I consider where I used to live in, places that I used to live in in London, where I'm from, box rooms and bedsits and so on, and I think about people who, who are in such you know, confined spaces, um, it must be a completely different experience altogether. Personally, though, I'm fine. I'm enjoying it. I, I, I'm getting a lot out of it. Could you maybe tell me a little bit about your situation? Because unlike yeah. most of the people I'm talking to, um, you're not in Berlin at the moment. No, uh, I've actually um, been living in Italy now for... Um, well over a year. I moved here in December 2018 from Berlin and um, I've sort of morphed or seek to morph from tour guiding uh, in Berlin to tour management in Germany as a whole and based though in Italy uh, where I am. And I'm in Aosta. I'm in what I call the sort of Italy's northwest frontier. But my work in the future will keep me connected with Berlin, that's for sure, through that. You are yeah. living in, um, well, one of the hotbeds of Corona um, <laughs> crisis, right? Um, yeah. from, from everything you, you've described so far, it doesn't sound like that at all. Well, um, you see, as with any country that's spoken about in the news, there's regional variation and considerable regional variation. I have a, an Australian aunt uh, who married an Italian in the 70s. She lives in Milan and in Lombardia, that, that region of Italy, that's where you've got the hotbed. So it's uh, a serious issue here, but it's nothing quite like Lombardia or Milan. And so, um, yeah, it, here we're under lockdown. I've not been. I've not left the flat, except to go to, um, except to go to the the bins actually, because of my cough. Um, in over three weeks. You were mentioning that 
you, well, you find it quite comfortable, the isolation, the place where you are. Would you have said the same if you were still in Berlin in the la your last apartment, for example? I think that's a very good question. Um, I wouldn't have had the view, <coughs> although we could see the TV tower from the kitchen. <coughs> there was no balcony there. And I think it is harder in cities. I think uh, there's more, um, I've spoken to friends of mine from London, for example, and they find it tougher. They seem to be just more affected, emotionally affected by, by the, uh, the situation. Um, I think one of the reasons is that people live in cities for a specific reason. They, they live in cities because they enjoy being among other people, being outdoors and feeling the hustle and bustle of a city. Um, when these things all of a sudden disappear or you, they don't disappear, but you, you can't really enjoy them anymore, that, I think that can be quite a shock. I think you're right. And uh, here, I mean, in the mountains, the quieter, the better, the more peaceful, the better. That's what we've chosen. So, yeah, I, I, I take your point. Um, yeah, and here uh, everything's very orderly and well organized. Um, Katya, my partner, has been going to the supermarket on our behalf. Um, and, you know, everyone respects the, the, the distancing uh, rule. Um, Everyone, everyone's actually uh, the, the last time she went to the supermarket, people had to uh, wear gloves and a mask on entry. I, I imagine that's just for that particular supermarket at this stage. But um, people were, uh, again, um, abiding with that new uh, development with, uh, without, a, without a qualm, without any kind of problem. Everyone seems to be quite relaxed. I've been waving at neighbours and things like that more than I would have done normally um, without the coronavirus. I, I do just think that when you, just to come back to this point about the city, uh, I do think it has everything to do with the nature of the space that you have at your disposal. So if it is like a bedsit, if you're in a, if you're in a, or, or a cramped, you know, VG, um, that's a whole different ball game. We've got, we've got, um, um, or have had some some re really beautiful weather over the last mm. couple of weeks. Actually, gorgeous yeah. um, spring weather. Weather, and I, I absolutely agree with with you that it's it's also about the space that you're in, yeah. the situation, how many people are living in your apartment. But I also think it's about, um, yeah, I don't know, sort of mental space, sort of your attitude towards things, mm. um, like. You've you've had quite an interesting um, number of things in your uh, career path over the last uh, two decades or so. Um, do you think that any of these things that you've done so far, maybe also apart from tour guiding, that are specifically useful to you right now? Well, I was um, I was terrified of girls for a long time, and um, was looking for a sort of a structure that I could live within that was predictable, that was reliable, that, uh, that I felt also was meaningful. And as a teenager, as a 19-year-old boy, really, I um, was quite romantic. And I suppose I fell in love with an idea of God at that time. 
and uh, tried to become a monk, uh, a, a Carthusian monk to be precise, for about three or four months. Doesn't sound like a lot, but it, it was uh, pretty intense. And, and um, there the focus is on silence and solitude. And um, that is an appetite that I really, um, I really am rediscovering and uh, that the coronavirus, of course, um, has put me in touch with very directly, albeit living here with my partner, Katya, that there's, there's a there's a sense almost of a certain kind of security that that the that, that the solitude or the isolation brings me. I, it's not a it's not a problem on a psychological level at all. Um, although, you know, I like to talk. You know, uh, my <laughs> colleagues would be able to tell you that, right? I can talk the hind leg of a donkey, and I, I enjoy that. It's just that there's another part of me that really. Um, needs an, uh, a certain silence and solitude instead right? or as well do you see this being uh, maybe just a temporary fluke or do you see it as a potential of altering maybe a certain way of doing things for yourself personally do you do you, do you take this as an opportunity to make some changes in your life right now Yes, uh, absolutely. So um, I'm making, I've made a lot of changes in that recently, anyhow. I mean, this is a period of change uh, for me and for Katya too. We've left Berlin. We're no longer living in a big metropolis. We're, we're instead living in a small mountain town. It's actually a city. It's got a cathedral, you know, it's got a dignity, but it's a small place. So, yeah, developing structures, developing capacities and appetites that relate to solitude and, and silence uh, are really, um, really important to me. The writing also serves that and uh, vice versa. Um, Maybe as a last hmm. question, um, what, what is what is the what is the situation meant for you professionally? How, how does your uh, future look like in terms of like work guiding and setting up tourism in in germany and berlin so i had planned to come to berlin in april and may to do some guiding because of a certain amount of financial embarrassment and then uh, that of course has fallen through i was um just about to start working with a uh, a tour company uh, doing tour management in germany and that's all being suspended. So at the moment, everything's in sort of suspended animation and um, out of my hands, completely out of my hands. And uh, as I'm no longer registered with the German tax authority, uh, I don't qualify for the, um, for, the, for the financial support that the government uh, so impressively offered uh, freelancers. That said, we're okay, but it's it's just uh, those are the those are the impacts um, on my life, and I'm doing what I can through my writing and uh, through a course, an online course coming up, uh, which is uh, um, 
an introduction to archaeology. I'm going to start that in May. And uh, I'm learning Italian. We just had an Italian lesson before our own conversation this morning. And uh, sort of walk, working towards B2 level in that. So it's all about just running parallel strategies, trying to get licensed here as a guide also. That's um, an interesting one, quite bureaucratic, quite confusing, but we're getting there. And hopefully it won't be too too long before things begin to come back to normal. In the meantime, I try to make the most of uh, the opportunity that this period presents me, at least. Well, Michael, I want to thank you so much for talking to me. Um, I want to ask you if it's okay that uh, to check in with you maybe in a couple weeks or months or something like that to see where you're at, how you're doing, if anything has changed. Um, but for now, I hope you're doing all right. Stay safe and uh, I hope uh, to you. chat with you soon. That would be a pleasure. Thank you very much, Walter. All my very best. Thank you, Michael. Bye now. Bye-bye. That was Michael Dempsey, a man that is trying to reinvent himself in the middle of the Italian mountains. Now, over the last few days, I had the pleasure of having many conversations with you. Um, it seems that a lot of you are torn between being very proactive and waiting things out, between taking this crisis head on, for example, by sending out job applications, brushing up your LinkedIn profiles, and on the other hand, sitting at home, reading a book, and waiting until this will all blow over. I'm not entirely sure where Michael fits in on that scale. He seems to be accepting of the fact that he's probably not going to do any tourism anytime soon, but he's also not just waiting for like the first tourist to appear in his life again. He's taking his time to reflect and to write, for example. In the next few days, we'll be hearing from very different people in very different situations. And I think you'll come to appreciate how each of us has their own ways of dealing with the uncertainty of being a guide during a pandemic. If you enjoyed this first conversation on the low season, do let me know. And if you want to get in contact, for example, because you want to share your own story or you think somebody else might be a perfect fit for a chat, shoot me an email at thelowseasonpodcast at gmail.com. The Low Season will be a daily beast with new episodes published every day, Monday to Friday. Though we can't get up close, we'll definitely be getting personal. A huge shout out to Georgia Ryungu, my rock without whose wit and silliness my sanity would have long hit the cliffs. The podcast would not have been able to come into existence this quickly without her unrelenting efforts. Music is by Mark Schilders, artwork by Sergio Membrias, and of course, a massive thanks to all the people that shared their stories with me over the past week. You're an incredibly fun, smart, and highly talented group of people for whom I have great respect. You're all going to be fine. We just need to keep breathing. Speak soon, my friends. <laughs>